This is Cinema Degeneration. I got a snitch that works downtown. He told me a guy named Crazy Six stung an arms dealer yesterday. Crazy Six and the Stifler partners. He's deader than Kelsey's nuts. Who's Kelsey nuts? I don't know. I never knew what that meant. friend here, Mr. Crazy Six. Crazy Six? Six one, born in my family. And you're crazy? A little bit. Eastern Europe. Communism is dead. In its place. Opportunity. I tell you what, little junkie boy. Clean yourself up, maybe I'll give you some gainful employment. But with every opportunity, the big score, real big, there's risk. It's going to be a war? A little bit. Too tall. You get 48 hours. I think maybe some people will come look for you, huh? You have something that belongs to me. Rose got my girl. I want you to tell me where six is. You will tell me. We all got a death wish. Anything comes back to me, I come back to you. Everything will come back. Things are getting out of hand, even for this place. Apologize. I'm sorry. Not to me, you imbecile. To her. I got a plan. You want my help? Rob Lowe. Ice Team. Burt Reynolds. Let's cut the bullshit. Oh my God, the cops were bust. Crazy Six. Let's do it. Let's get down. Alrighty, folks, welcome once again to the Cinema Degeneration and our Albert Pune Appreciation Month. This is our last episode we'll be doing for the month's festivities, and we're giving you uh, something from the, 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 the bottom of the barrel, the, the, the top of the heap, the most obscure of, of uh, the, I think, of the reviews that we're going to be doing here. We are doing the not-so-crazy Crazy Six from 1997. And as the tagline says, this is Europe's most wanted man. And I'm, I, I doubt the validity of that statement. But joining me once again from our full moon show, or howling at the full moon show, my usual cohort in crime, Dustin Hubbard. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, what, uh, <laughs> I know we've talked quite a bit off the air about this. So I got I to ask, I know, I know you're a fan of Pune. I know you're a fan of Arcade and some of his other films. In general, what are your thoughts on Crazy Fucking Six? Uh, Crazy Six is... It's an experience. Uh, 
kind of experience that you expect going into it. Because I, I remember when this movie came out in the 90s and the way it was marketed. And it's it's kind of was sold as an action film, but it's it's not really all that action driven. It's more dramatic at points. And, you know, it's very, very visually stimulating and whatnot. But um, it's definitely from a period of Pune's career that was uh, not not a favorite uh, time frame of mine. So, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so much the time frame that I was was a wasn't a fan of. It was just the, the some of the cho- the the choices that he made, you know, this with like, uh, you know, this movie makes an appearance in some flashback footage as we were talking off the air and urban menace, like urban menace was another movie that I just wasn't a fan of, but like, you know, I liked Omega doom. I like some of his other movies from that era, but this is a, a very hit or miss film for me, but I, I do remember it fondly in at least from when I first saw it, because I rented this on VHS, bought it on VHS for like $3 at the time. So I still have it, but it's a, uh, it's a clear cut case of style over substance, but because it's the uh, substance wise, and I don't mean this as a slam, but substance wise, the movie's very devoid of content. A lot of the time there's just stuff not happening. Yeah, it, it, it's it's touted as an action movie, like you said, but like for real though, it's it's a it's, it's like a almost like an espionage kind of thriller, so to speak, a dramatic thriller. Yeah, it's very very dramatic uh, over the the action stuff. Uh, yeah, it just, it's it falls into that weird weird like uh, action category of pune stuff that was. Uh, never necessarily my my forte. This movie has probably, you know, in retrospect, maybe one of his higher end casts because it does have a, a pretty amazing line of talent in front of the camera. But uh, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it has Burt fucking Reynolds in it for crying out loud. Like Burt Reynolds, Rob Lowe, Ice T, Mario Van Peebles. Like it's got a really like slick top shelf B cast, you know, but, um, it, uh, they're just, not all of them are utilized. <laughs> well, yeah. And they're, yeah, they're, they're, some of them are utilized to their fullest extent and others are just barely there. Like ice T he's, I mean, he's touted on the cover as being starring in it. He's in it for five minutes. Maybe he's, you know, he's, he's the biggest very- person on the cover. Yeah, and and Bert Bert is very prominently featured too, but he he doesn't even show up for a while, and then when he does, he's he's not in loads of it either. Truthfully, Bert Bert's good in it, but uh, Bert's good. Yeah. He is the best performance of the movie, I think. It's funny we were saying off air. This was a weird period where some of these people, like Bert Reynolds and Rob Lowe, they were kind of at this point in their careers where they were doing sort of like lower end B stuff, you know, before they came back, you know, and, and ended up having big comebacks with, you know, like Rob Lowe ended up doing a lot of successful TV work and Bert ended up, you know, getting shit like Boogie Nights and crap. I mean, he did Boogie Nights within a year after this, I think. So, I mean, they, 
you know, and I mean, around the time too, Bert was doing like he was doing shit like this, and like <laughs> I'm trying to think of like other B movies around the time. Like, oh, he was in like Universal Soldier two and three, made for Showtime around this time. The fake Showtime sequels and like the the <laughs> the Vidmark kids movie Frankenstein and me, and just Ooh, very I forgot about that. Very forgettable <laughs> stuff. The maddening with. Angie Dickinson, <laughs> like uh, I kind of stuff- like that one. I do kind of like the maddening for as cheesy as it is. You know, I gotta admit. Yeah, but you know that it, it was. You know, I I think if this movie had been done a year or two later, it would have had a completely different cast because these these people would not have been accessible to Pune anymore. I don't think so. Very true. Very true. And then we also got you know a couple uh, Pune uh, regulars. We got Tom Matthews and a pretty. Prominent role is uh, Crazy yep. Six's Rob Lowe's character, uh, friend Andrew, and got Norbert Weiser as Jersey, the, the kind of stool pigeon, which he's not in it very much, but what little he's in it, he, he's got some colorful dialogue about. About being from Austria and not being a German and uh, some very quasi-racist uh, dialogue between him and Burt Reynolds. But, you know, it was the 90s. What do you expect? But let yeah, me go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I just said it was a different time. So stuff yeah. like that more more uh, socially acceptable and prevalent. Yeah, but let me go ahead and give the quick IMDb synopsis, uh, which is as follows. Crazy Six, 1997. In a crumbling Europe, powerful mafia families have emerged from the anarchy to vie for control of the lucrative arms trade. And that is misleading as fuck all, man. I mean, it is about some mafia. It is about crumbling Europe, European uh, society. And, you know, they, they, they are fighting with each other, but they're not really about it's about drugs and plutonium and uh, more more drugs any arms shit being traded i remember them like fighting over plutonium for a for a bit yeah that becomes a part of the back the real like backstory at one point like it's it's just about you know these thugs that you know commit robbery and everything and it's about them trying to survive the you know the day and that's really about it i mean you know ice tea gets robbed he's trying to like you know make it up to his boss played by mario van peebles does Mario Van Peebles tell him you got 48 hours to get me my money back or he's like, I'm going to kill you. So that's really about, <laughs> that's really about it. I mean, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's convoluted. You know, I, I will say one thing, even though there are loads of things in this movie that I don't understand, I still, I know you're going to hate me for saying this. I still think it's a good movie and it's a fun movie. It's just a confusing as fuck movie. Stylistically, you know, this movie is, like I said, I I think I might have said this already, but I'll I'll repeat in case I said it off the air because we always have much off the air comments as we do on the air comments. I think it's one of Albert Pune's most stylistic movies. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty to look at. It's well shot. You know, uh, the transitions are really good. The lighting just reminds me of Suspiria. Like everything is either shown in bright reds or dark greens or fuchsia colors and blues and it's like very well shot and well yeah. lit 
from an artistic design, this movie has, you know, incredible cinematography. Like the cinematography is very like calculated and flashy at points. The lighting is very like trippy and like really crazy at points. So it's like it's it's a really visually stimulating movie. It's just like the stuff that's happening in the shots and the the lighting isn't all that always exciting, unfortunately. But it is it is a very it almost has like a very like hypnotic sort of dreamlike quality to it. And I think a lot of his movies from this time period did too, because I feel like I I remember Omega Doom sort of having that same vibe too, where it just sort of has this weird it's just this weird sort of like lucid dream type. Mm-hmm. vibe and at points like watching movies like this i kind of i don't know if it's just that i'm too dumb and i'm not picking up on like plot elements or if i'm just like so like wrapped up like in the brain with the sort of like hypnotic lucid dream type approach to the way the story is being presented and told that i'm just sort of like half mentally checked out i don't know but like a lot of stuff in this movie just made no sense to me i i don't i don't know that it made a lot of sense to me i i I, as i had in my notes here several times i'm like and then this happens okay question mark or then like this happens why question mark i used more so just watching like for the the performances and stuff when all was said and done like i was just kind of wrapped up in like what everyone was doing more so than what was actually happening, I guess. Same, same. And, and, you know, I, one thing that does add to that look and vibe, like you said, you know, happening in war torn Europe, uh, this, you know, we had discussed off the air that a lot of these movies from this time frame, like this and Omega doom. And I think nemesis four and some of the, the gangster, because this this was just at the head of when right before Pune started doing a string of like gangster rapper type action thrillers. Mm-hmm. Most all this stuff was shot in Bratislava, Slovakia, which hands down has to be probably one of the most crumbling war torn looking countries in all of Europe, because everything just looks like a, a a downtrodden graffitied ghetto in in rubble yeah it just this looks like it it just been bombed so every street every building just like with the exception of the club that they they shot in was like the only part of the 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 movie that didn't look like it had just recently been bombed but but i'm gonna i'm gonna read something though here the opening crawl because of this I don't I don't know that this has a whole lot to do with the movie, but this is one of the best parts of the movie because it promises something that we don't really get, but I love it anyway. But this is the opening crawl. Eastern Europe, 10 years after the fall of communism, once there was hope, now only dark visions rule. Now it is a trade route for smuggling drugs, weapons. Fortune hunters came from all over the world. Criminals, addicts, lost souls. Now the region is called Crime Land. That's that's not the movie we got. I don't remember anything being called Crime Land, but that sounds like a good title for a movie. 
like that would have probably been a been a more apt sounding title for this movie than crazy six because they tell you that rob lowe is playing you know this i don't know like like wild criminal dude played named crazy six but he doesn't come off crazy like at all he seems has emotional problems and he's always depressed and like acting and quiet so yeah he's always very quiet he never gets crazy he never does anything he's very boring and docile feeling yeah i don't that that, i will say you know i don't buy low as the character billy or aka crazy six at all he should go up on stage with one of the singers and just like play some like dramatic bluesy bullshit you know to like get out his his emotions because that's kind of the vibe he gives is that he is he's just very emotional and very angsty own mind yeah but there's nothing about him that's crazy at all (laughs) like like all well the backstory about him being crazy six because he's the sixth craziest child of the family and he's just crazy for drugs like Okay, he he, you know, he joneses for some stuff and he he smokes some crack, but like he doesn't do anything too too again too wild or too crazy. Not at all. But you know, as with all movies of this ilk, it starts with the deal gone bad. Uh, the the characters of uh, Tom Matthews as Andrew, Rob Lowe as Crazy Six, and their friend uh, guy was Viana, played by Blanca Canova. I think that's how you pronounce her name, I hope. But uh, they, they do a deal where they're ripping off uh, Ice-T, and I, I think it was, the, at least I was trying to make sense of it. They thought they were going in there, to, and they were going to be ripping them off for drugs, but they end up getting plutonium instead, but then they don't really expand upon that at all? No, I, not at all. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't understand, but I don't think you're meant, meant to understand. You're just supposed to roll with it just feels like it sort of drifts from like plot element to plot element and none of it all really gels that well. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm just waiting for Mario Van Peebles to show up with Chihuahua and that weird accent and, and Burt Reynolds to show up, you know, uh, every scene that they had, they were my two favorite ca- characters of the movie. I, I love Mario Van Peebles is uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, God, it was uh, a, yeah. something weird. Mao. Dirty when Mao. Dirty Mao, that was it. I knew there was a something on there, but yeah, Dirty Mao. He swabbed strange character, and it was funny how he was like always carrying the dog, which <laughs> just is a strange plot point to me. That's just that's his only friend. Yeah, you, you want to kill my friend? I don't have any more friends. Do you have many friends? I don't. <laughs> like like a, God. Yeah, I was saying he was taking a cue from Mickey Rourke with a ch- chihuahua. You know, yeah. just carrying around a, a, a chihuahua. But I, I love that he gives that he gives the the dog, you know, some backstory, which it felt like it was very uh, ad libbed. Because the dog diabetic or something, and yeah, he just so got it back from the doggy hospital, and he has to give him two shots a day. I yeah, that was weird, and I, I'm going to assume that you read the trivia on IMDb about the dog too. Yeah, that they had to put the dog down. It apparently it bitten a crew member if i read right yeah who threatened to sue and i'm like really that that dog bit you that it's not like they had a pit on set or like a rottweiler or something you know what i mean it was a little baby fucking chihuahua and not even a big chihuahua at that 
Yeah. It made me a little, it made me uh, sad to read that because, you know, I love my furry friends more more than I do most, most people. And that made me a little sad. And not a little sad, but I mean a lot sad, but. Yeah, it was very asinine sounding to me. Like, I, I don't understand the logic there, but. Yeah. Uh, he was an interesting, like, bad guy. I just, I, at points, too, I kind of had trouble kind of comprehending who had allegiance to who, too. You know? So, even when it gets to the big climax and, you know, people are dying, I was kind of, like, didn't, like, seem like it was edited cr- correctly to exemplify, like, who shot who. Yeah, yeah. It, like, when Ice-T finally gets old at the end and i'm like it, it just didn't seem like it was expressed correctly <laughs> there's a weird yeah. editing too where like the the tom matthews picks up the dog after mario van peebles kind of like weirdly dies in a oddly edited moment too and well they, i didn't even understand who had shot mario van peebles until like they cut to a, a shot of burt reynolds going well hey at least i didn't shoot the dog so it's like okay i guess burt shot him then because they don't show who yeah they it's kind of a weird shot when when ice t gets shot they show like a gun shoot but they don't show the person shooting it yeah and, and then mario gets shot and then bert has to say after the fact that he he did it and it, it and none of it's expressed correctly and i remember thinking like okay well tom matthews picked up the dog at that point but then at the end bert had the dog I, I did like the fact at the end when he said, he's like, what are you crying about? At least I didn't shoot the dog. And then the dog becomes his new partner as he's clearing him. He's like, what is this? What do you got here? And he's like, this is my new partner. I, I like the fact that the dog lived. Yeah. Because, you know, in movies like this, you know, even uh, in Nemesis, you know, the dog, you know, sh- you know, spoiler alert, but the dog dies. You know, yeah. even with... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just... It's very messy, but a lot of people die. And... And lots of times it's never very clear as as you said before is not very clear as to who shoots who it's very chaotic yeah. some strange for for as artistic and stuff as the production design and the lighting and the camera work is and stuff some of the editing kind of like uh undoes a lot of that by kind of like slipping you up and kind of like not making some things as clear as they should be for the viewer. Cause sometimes I'm that guy that I just shit handed to me. You know, I don't, especially if I'm watching like a B movie kind of like, you know, low, low budget kind of like thing like this. I want to be handed the info. I don't want to like, I don't feel like I should have to work for it. So I, I agree. Like I found myself kind of skipping back a little bit a couple of times and be like, what just happened? Who just like when the, the girl gets shot and tortured, uh, their friend, uh, uh, Viana. I thought it was, I thought it was Anna, the singer that becomes like the main, you know, uh, I was having trouble keeping the crazy sixes kind of, you know, girlfriend at the time. I thought it was her. Yeah. I was having trouble keeping the two girls, uh, differentiated in my head for some reason. Yeah, I did that for like the first 30, 45 minutes, and then this like, okay, well, this Viana uh, is the one that was the the blonde from the beginning that helped them execute the the deal, you know, the 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 ripoff, and you know, I I finally understood it once we got about a half an hour, forty five minutes into it, but it it you don't you shouldn't have to guess who a character is, 
if you got too many characters in your movie, that's one thing. But you got too many characters that look the same. It's just it just makes things awfully confusing. It but, is. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the look like the visual look that then that goes down to casting too. in my opinion. You know, I'm like a big like stickler for for casting details. So it comes down to like you really got to, you know, hire people that look different and <laughs> different. Right. Ha- look, have a defining, you know, thing. So yeah, a defining characteristics, so to speak. Yeah. But one thing I, I, I'm gonna I want to talk more about like some things that I did like because I, I feel like we can't talk about this movie in a linear fashion because the movie is not very linear itself. It's very much a, like a, a kinetic fever dream. But one thing I, I I love and hate at the same time is the music. I love the incidental music by Tony Tony Ripperetti. Sorry, Tony Ripperetti. But that house band, you know, that Anna sings with. I, I don't know if it was the actress herself that sang it or if it was a voiceover, but I couldn't stand the vocals of the music. I liked the music. I just didn't like the vocals. The vocals like was very, it was it, just two nineties for me, you know, it, strange choice to include so many musical interludes and just moments where you're watching people in a in a club sing and perform and it's this weird like bluesy kind of like mood type music and right what kind of a movie am i watching like <laughs> watching a movie set in war torn europe about like like criminal factions and stuff but then there's like all this weird like bl- like blues music and stuff it just it felt very oh, interesting choices but just i i didn't understand like the vibe you know you know and maybe that maybe that one's on us for not understanding what they were trying to do but like it makes it stand out in a unique way i'll give it that though so because it's not what it... i would expected so that that's always a good thing i guess so yeah i mean it, you know it's it's really an, inter- an it's an interesting film it's not a great film it's a good film but it's just it's so strange because it plays with all those musical interludes it's very much like a a music video fever dream is the best <laughs> way to describe it yeah and i want to know how much they paid ice t to be in this movie because 90 percent of what he does is sitting and looking badass is just sitting there staring and mean mugging at everybody and not really doing anything until the end of the movie where he jumps in and gets to be a badass for about three minutes before he gets shot in the back. Uh, with the exception of Rob Lowe, a lot of these like bigger name people, you know, and maybe I guess Bert after Bert finally gets in the movie, a lot of them aren't really in it that much. No, so, Bert uh, was in it, you know. More than I remembered him being in it, because I hadn't watched this probably since it came out back in the day. I might have watched it a couple of times in the early 2000s, but I didn't remember him being in it as much. But it was like when he finally got in there, I was just like, there's my man. There's Bert. Once he finally like arrived and became part of the plot, it was I mean, he was there a decent amount and and was pretty, pretty good for what it was worth. 
But like some yeah, of he's the, acting his ass off in this movie. Some of the others, though, they're so they're so brief and just sort of sporadic that it, it kind of feels like they're not wholly there. That's like when I said, you know, like Norbert Weiser, he's in so few scenes and he's like he's like a signature pune player. And I'm like, I know they didn't fly him out to Bratislava for like a day or two's worth of shooting on that thing. I hope they were shooting like two movies back to back or something. And oh, yeah. Kind of like, you know, got to be there for a bit longer than that because he's just and, you know, I love me some Norbert Weiser. Like, he's great. But yeah, I, I love him and see him in anything and everything. But it just it felt like I, I, wanted, I wanted to say, what are you doing here? He's just so underutilized. It was like more so that like, oh, he's part of the troop. So he just he had to be there, but he just didn't have a good, like significant participation. So, well, like I said, hopefully they were able to parlay that into, you know, shooting two films at the same time, which, you know, no, knowing Pune, like I know Pune a little bit, I'm probably um, I'd say it's probably pretty sure that that's what happened. Yeah, because we know we know that Dollman and Arcade were kind of being done simultaneously, so it's not uncommon to probably for him to have probably been doing this and maybe Omega Doom or Nemesis Four or something at the exact same time. So yeah, yeah, but they were all in the same country, so he probably did them all back to back. I'd be willing to bet money on it. Well, not too much money. I'm poor, but you know. <laughs> they were like these movies produced by FilmWorks was the company and. Uh, you know, this Crazy Six, I want to say, was one of the earliest releases from Studio S Home Video, which uh, ended up sort of being rechristened later as Sterling Home Video, not to be confused with Dave Sterling's company or the or the Sterling Movie Factory. Because if you look on IMDb and you look at... Uh, Sterling Home Video slash Studio S. Some of Dave Sterling's movies are mixed in under this. Oh no, kidding! Banner, <laughs> but they're not. It's not the same thing. So uh, Studio S ceased to exist a, a good handful of years ago. But this was one of their first releases, and I, I when I worked in the video store world. <laughs> I always remembered their covers because their covers were always very flashy. They were always full glossy cardboard boxes. You know what I mean? Like they shined. They weren't matte. They were legit gloss boxes. And they usually, some of them would have holograms or have some kind of a lenticular approach. But they would also, the cardboard would be so fresh that sometimes it didn't look like it was it was bent. It, the the edges were still almost curved. Oh. They were really fancy boxes. Uh, but they Studio S slash you know Sterling. They they would go on to put out a bunch of uh, Pune's stuff and some other significant stuff too, like Komodo and you know other stuff. Oh, I remember Komodo. Uh, you know. <laughs> They kind of became his home as a distribution company for a while, Pune. So in the in the mid late nineties. So you know, yeah, got, no, it was probably a good partnership for them for a long time. Yeah. So I mean, they obviously you know this did well enough. They they got behind a lot of the you know gangster rapper type stuff to like 
you know, urban medicine corrupt and wrecking crew and all that shit. Ooh, so. wrecking crew. It, it'll be a long, long time before we cover that movie. <laughs> they must have done something with those movies, you know, because they, they kept putting them out. So, you know, <laughs> the, they must have, it, they made money. That was obvious. I mean, they, they made several of them. I'll assume that it was a good <laughs> for for Pune at least. So, oh man, but that that this is you know it's weird that this was touted. Even when I watched the trailer, you know I was refamiliarizing myself with it, trying to find some behind the scenes stuff in a couple of trailers, which I found a few, but not much. It was amazing how much they emphasized on the shootouts. There's like three shootouts in this movie, you know, several shootings, but like big shootouts that last for a few minutes. But they're like it's it's amazing how well that the movie itself is shot, but like how weirdly edited the action scenes are. Because when we get the shootout at the club, when Ice T's character Raul, you know, traces them back, because of course Andrew's the Tom Matthews character is still wearing the same necklace that he had when he, that Ice T saw, you know, foreshadowing when he was robbing when they were robbing Ice T. He comes in, he grabs it from and. It comes back to bite him in the ass, and then the shootout at the club, it's it's not clear, like, who started shooting first or who fired last. But, like, at first, you know, I mean, it becomes apparent, you know, that uh, Anna is uh, Crazy Six's girl. But at the at this point, we don't know that. So it's just like, why is he trying to save the girl? Oh, because he's a good, good crazy guy? I don't... I, I didn't, you know, quite get it. They needed. Uh, I, I felt like they needed a scene preceding that so that we knew, you know, who she was, you know. But I don't know. Yeah, Crazy. a lot of that stuff just it, it just doesn't gel. <laughs> and maybe that's the aesthetic. I don't know. Maybe that was the approach. You know, I don't. I don't know. Uh, but I will say one thing. I did notice this time where they had the. Uh, the, they recycled the line from Creep Shows. I call me Billy. Everyone does. Oh yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Like, that's, you're the only. That's the only person you said to, to call you Billy, but everybody calls you Crazy Six. Like, I don't think everybody's calling you Billy. But anyway, most inappropriate but, in the history of cinema, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I don't know so much if it's inappropriate, but it's just wrong. <laughs> the most misguided nickname. <laughs> that's that's the best way of putting it. She should have been like, you know, like Depressed Billy or whatever the fuck his name was. Would have been more <laughs> Depressed like, you know, William. Yeah, Melancholy William or something. <laughs> <laughs> because the Crazy Six is just very off point for, for the character, so... I mean, Crazy Six would have been more notable for like Ice T's character or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like not not Roblo's though, but you know. Call me Billy. Yeah, right. Uh, Billy Billy Six. I don't. I don't know. I don't get. The next note I had here, and I don't even remember why I wrote this down, but I think it was when they is right after the shootout in the club, when uh, Roblo is like licking his crap pipe and like trying to rub crack on his gums and i'm like i don't think i think that's how cocaine works i'm not sure that that's how crack works yeah those are the drugs of the the future future europe you know future european drugs i guess future crack after the fall of communism <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i do like the one part when andrew just 
beats the shit out of uh, Rob Lowe, beats the shit out of Crazy Six for a hot minute because he got their friend Viana killed and says, you know, you let your friends down, you let us all down, you you kind of not sold us out, but you you know you 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 fucked up and exposed us. So he's like, I'm gonna go sell these drugs, aka the, the not the drugs, but the plutonium, and I'm gonna sort of help pay for the funeral. Then we never hear about that again. He never. Oh, like selling the plutonium is gonna pay, like, dude, that'll pay for more than a fucking funeral. Yeah, <laughs> that'll pay for you. That'll pay for a lot of things. You could pay for the funerals of like everyone who died during the fall of communism, <laughs> like. And then buy yourself a plane ticket out of, you know, uh, Slovakia. Yeah, that's <laughs> like an actual first world country. So, and I, 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 I do find that the introduction of Burt Reynolds' character, Dakota, very interesting because he's introduced in a almost similar fashion as the bandit and smoking the bandit, where he's just kind of kicked back with a cowboy hat pulled down over his face, shading his eyes. You know, but it's it's neat. It's you know, his intro is much like smoking the bandit, but they don't really give you a whole lot of backstory about him. Like, how did he, as an American, you know, cop, end up there? And yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, because the only thing that you really learn about him too is is he's not from Texas. <laughs> so yeah, she she calls him Texas, whatever you know. And yeah. I'm not from Texas, and it's like okay, well, yeah, I stuff like that's always kind of weird to me. It makes it does make you wonder when you watch stuff like this, like how are like what brought these people to this? Because I'm like I'm not trying to be mean, but like that that area just looks like the armpit of Europe. Yeah, it's know? just like like how how did they end up there? Did they choose to be there? Did they end up there by accident? You know. Yeah why are you here and now that we've established that why are you choosing to stay here (laughs) (laughs) right well he even said he's like i can't go back home he's like there's nothing for me there but yeah but you know america's a little less war-torn than you know this this place like they're here for you rubble (laughs) you like the scenery i guess i mean i Flintstone, because otherwise I don't think there's really much here for you. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> it'd be different. Like if he's like, ah, oh, you know, I got a girl here, or my my kid lives here, or, or, or something, yeah. something, something, anything keeps him there, which he didn't have. So, you know. But I know I've already said this once before, but I'm gonna say it again. Bert's acting his ass off in this movie. I think he he acted in this movie as if he was the main character in the in crazy six and as far as i'm concerned even though the movie is called crazy six and rob Lowe plays the character crazy six burt reynolds is is the star of this movie hands down yeah in my opinion it's it's burt's movie all around so no yeah, comp. <laughs> i think I, my uh <clears throat> i think my favorite scene is when mario van peebles is going off about his dog when they drop that case and it scares the dog. And he's like, you almost killed my friend. I don't have a whole lot of friends. And he's like, do you have a lot of friends? I know I don't. And he's just like, I want you to apologize. He's like, I'm sorry for you know scaring your dog. He's like, not me to her. Like, yeah, it was a very strange moment to address those, that, that situation. I don't know, but you know. I, again, I felt like it was Mario Van Peebles doing a uh, quick bit of improv, but I loved it. I thought it was great. 
Yeah, it probably probably was, truthfully. So, but uh, even though it happens pretty much off screen, and it says you know that Mao had set them up and killed Viana, I don't know if that's really correct because I thought it was more Raul that had done that. But it's kind of weird when when it all goes down because she's being tortured, and but she gets killed off camera, and so that a whole thing is very very odd. And then when Norbert Weiser shows up for his two scenes, you know, he's great in it. It's not a, de- he's not a detriment to the movie, but is this all very confusing that Burt Reynolds needs him so bad to, to get into this like underworld that, that he needs to get a part to be a part of, but he's utilized far too little. Uh, the character then, he plays is called Jersey. And he's pretty much like a stool pigeon. And when he finally gets like taken down, like Burt doesn't seem too affected by it. He just seems more pissed that his partner of God knows how long got like killed. He doesn't seem like emotionally affected by it at all. No, he just seems more miffed at the situation. Not like, Oh, my partner, my confidant in crime yeah. <laughs> you know, is, is dead. It was more like a God damn it moment. Yeah. It's like, like, Oh, well like that, that's going to make things more difficult for me, I guess. And then six, Crazy Six saves Dakota when they have that 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 shootout. You know when when the the bad guys show up, and they and they and they kill Norbert Weiser. They you know Burt Reynolds takes out most of them, but only wounds one of them. And then Six saves Dakota. He doesn't know him, so like why would he save him? You know I don't know if you had any insight to that. There was something I missed, or, or you're just confused as I was about it. There's some weird approaches to I don't really understand who has allegiance to who. <laughs> right, right. No, I do. I was just like, okay. You know, uh, one thing I again I do like, and this is about again going back to Burt Reynolds' character because no secret here, big Burt Reynolds fan. The the shorthand between you know uh, uh, Dakota and Anna, you know Burt Reynolds and uh, oh, I forgot her name again, Anna got Anna skirt. the shorthand they have between each other when she keeps calling him Texas. And he's, he's always like, you know, I'm not from Texas. And, uh, Ivana Melissa, Melissavik, I think is how you pronounce her name, Ivana Melissavik. So I'm hope I'm not massacring your name. Uh, so I apologize if I did miss, uh, Melissavik. Well, I have a very successful career. Yeah. She did a lot of TV work that I saw. Yeah, she had just apparently been in Jerry Maguire the year prior, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mostly recognized her from, uh, uh, what the hell was it, Running Scared with Paul Walker was what I mostly re- remembered her from. A lot of, yeah, a lot of big studio stuff and successful TV stuff, so, you know. Yeah, but as I see here, says she did the Castlevania show, she was on The 100 she was on, uh, you know, Gotham, Banshee, a bunch of, st- you know, a bunch of uh, one-offs TV shows. I mean, yeah, she was pretty much pro- very pro- prolific before this and, you know, after this. Because let's face it, I mean, Jerry Maguire was a big movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she she has stayed very busy. She was uh, even in Casino Royale. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yep. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it, one thing they do recycle, I, I don't know if we had talked about this yet, since we're kind of jumping all over the place, 
they have recycled music from the Brain Smasher movie, which came out like three years previous to this. That the, you are the one that keeps playing over and over again when they're playing it really heavily during a stroll in the park with a bunch of useless dialogue. Okay, I don't know if you had any insight to this, but this useless dialogue about merging Kool-Aid flavors with their names. I I, I didn't get that. I know that was supposed to be like a a lovey-dovey, like, oh, we're sharing something intimate, but it just... It just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Again, I was just like, okay, this would be cool dialogue in, in another movie, but here it's just kind of strange. It's just weird bullshit that seems out of place for these characters. <laughs> Being just sort of like like emotionally weighted down. It just seems out of character for me. So Yeah, it's a very emotionally heavy type stuff, but... To me, it's it's you know it's obvious. Lowe did not re- research his uh, his drug addicted character at all, like at all, because one he doesn't sell it. I just that's the the worst thing about this movie. I'm I'm I gotta admit is Rob Lowe. He, he's the lead, and he's just not a believable lead, and he can't deliver the dialogue. He has very minimal dialogue for most of this movie. And he can't deliver what dialogue they do give him with any kind of, uh, you know, honesty or anything. Just not to say he can't deliver this dialogue to save his life. Yeah. I mean, there's the scene where they go to him and Anna go to score drugs from their dealer and just rip the guy off, run away and do, you know, do a bunch of uh, crack. And as soon as he goes to hand it her, she's like, you know, I've been clean for five months. I can't do this. It's like, well, why did you go with him to rip off this drugs dealer and put your lives in danger? It didn't. And again, it, it's just, uh, yeah, he did. He, he doesn't sell that part at, at all for me. Not not even the, in the slightest. The script said so. <laughs> as I like to say a, a lot, uh, it's wrote in the script why a lot of this nonsense happens in this it was in the script <laughs> now the, the, i don't i don't know if you caught this part when andrew comes in after six uh crazy six smokes a bunch of crack and passes out in the ods you know he but it's like oh no he ods but oh no he's so likable we have to care yeah <laughs> but uh he informs six that viana is dead you know, and it's all his fault. But I thought he already did that a half an hour previous. You know, yeah, that her death had already been. I also, yeah, I thought her death had been pretty obvious for a bit already too. So I didn't really understand that. Well, and then they have the whole like minor subplot with Anna and her kid that stays with her mother. So it's, the kid stays with the grandmother, and then six ODs. He gets out of the hospital really, really quickly after o- overdosing. And it's just like, you know, he's like, I, I don't want to be sober. I never want to be sober. I just want to do drugs to the day I die. And then next thing you know, he's walking in the park. With Anna and her kid, and he's carrying the kid sleeping on his shoulder. And it's like, wow, he sure adapted to parenthood fairly quickly. Uh, you know, for somebody who just five seconds or five minutes beforehand said that he was just going to do drugs until the day he died. 
he got he found out domesticity was a, a much more higher drug. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> no, what else would explain it? So <clears throat> again, more shit that just makes no sense. So you know the thing is, I, I know we're kind of pooping on this movie a, 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 li- a little bit, and I by a little bit I mean a lot, but it is still fun because it kept me engaged the whole time. I'll say one thing: it's never boring. Oh, it's, it's that's the thing is, is like there's a lot of stuff that maybe doesn't fire or makes sense or shit but it's never not watchable it's it's thoroughly watchable like even when nothing's happening it's still fascinating yeah you can't i can't take my eyes off it i can't take my eyes off of it pretty to look at too and and, you know because it's a very it's a very crafted film artistically so it's probably one of the more artistic looking movies and punes that I can think of truthfully like the the lighting and the camera work and stuff you know accentuated with the crazy locations and stuff like it's yeah, a I mean it's, the locations photo, photograph really well and really striking film so it's like it's even when it's not great it's it's still really watchable though yeah i i just love the colors on it because it's like watch okay sorry yeah, it's just that's like a very paradoxical thing. It, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't think it's really a great movie, but like there's still things about it that make you keep watching it, though. You know? It's to me, I'm going to break it down simple. It's all the pretty colors. Everything is lit with like, yeah. like Suspiria level colors. It's so red in, in scenes and so, so many blues and green lights. Every, like everything in, in Slovakia in this movie. Is either look like it's been bombed out or it's lit like a fucking club. Yes. It's got a very much, I mean, I know I'm comparing this to Suspiria and some people are going to like, you know, want to hang me for, from the from the highest tree for saying that. But it the, the color schemes of this, of this movie is very similar and I'll leave it at that. No, it's true though. It's true. So yeah. I, I thoroughly agree. <laughs> but uh, the, the next note I have here is pretty much... <laughs> my breakdown of Rob Lowe's acting of this movie. It's like Rob Lowe is cosplaying as, as Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in this whole movie. And that's pretty much like the look of his character, you know, which I, I don't know if you're familiar with the with the show, but if you're not, that's it's Yeah, it's, for the most part, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I he know just, what you I know what you mean by that statement. <laughs> I was just like, that's a really far from left field uh, statement, but I was just like, I hope it made sense. <laughs> okay. So it did. Okay. Good, good. But yeah. like the, the plot, yeah, the, the plot of this movie takes a turn here towards the last half hour. Cause you think those guys are showing up to kidnap Anna's kid because they, they see the kid come out to feed the cat. And again, the cat lives. I'm very happy and in a movie with a movie of this ilk where they have a dog and a cat featured prominently in the movie that the animals live. So it definitely gets an extra point for me for that. They don't kidnap the damn kid. They kidnap Anna. I really would have thought they would have kidnapped the kid. I mean, I, the first time I watched this, it was a big surprise for me. I'm just like, okay, they, they seem to very uh, hip to jump out of the car and chase after this kid just to kidnap the mom.
But the, then Ice-T, Raul gets a hold of uh, Anna, and he decides to, you know, even though she's been, you know, clean for five months, his way of torturing her is duct-taping a her nose closed and uh, duct-taping a glass crap pipe into her mouth so that no matter what, she has to breathe this in. It's a unique form of torture. Never seen this done in a movie before, but I'm pretty positive that if all you breathe was crack smoke for hours straight on end, you'd probably either OD like Crazy Six did, or you'd probably have a heart attack and die. I'm pretty pretty, yeah, pretty positive it would have killed her. Yeah, you're not going to survive for an extended period of time, that's for certain. So That made but, no sense either. So. Just like, oh, we're going to show you for, for stealing our ship. We're going to make you get high. Oh, oh okay. And, and it, it was it was unique. I, I will say that it was unique. Uh, unique way of uh, torturing, I guess. You know, so, you know, thumbs up for creativity on that one. But uh, but in this movie, you know, I think the the Andrew character that Tom Matthews plays again, Tom Matthews, he's an MVP here. I love seeing him in Albert Pugh and stuff. Well, I love seeing him in anything because he's, you know, one of my favorite fucking actors. But uh, his character, Andrew, is a better dude than Six is. He's he's a lot more honorable. Yes, I agree. Because yeah, he at least wants to avenge beyond his death. Crazy Six could give a shit. He could give a shit. And then uh, when Dakota shows up and he's like, they're gonna. Everybody's gonna shoot each other, and he's like, "Hey, why don't I join you and go in and get these guys?" But uh, I don't know the the shoot 'em up cl- part of the club when they when Andrew and Six show up with you know Dakota in tow. You know, again, Burt Reynolds is selling the shit out of it. He is acting his ass off, and it's shoot 'em up at the club part two. It's messy. It's 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 messily done for a movie that's shot so well. The action scenes are just very confusing and it's, it's really hard. This is the part when we get into the, the part we already mentioned where ice T gets shot, but you're not shoot, sure how it happens. And Mario van people gets shot. And then you don't even find out to two minutes later. It's like, Oh, through a line of dialogue that it was Burt Reynolds that did it. Yeah. But it's, it's, it is kind of weird. I mean, it is, you know, everybody ends up all the, you know, I'm using air quotes here that you can't see the bad guys die. You know, Mario van people's is dead. His dog lives. The dog lives, ultimately. So that's a good thing. But uh, you know, like the Dakota kill. The note I hit here had here was Dakota kills Mario Van Peebles, but not the puppers. So he's okay in my book. Yeah. But then Six promises to get clean, and it's not really sure how much time elapses because it's Anna back of the club singing, and he shows up and he's like, "I told you I could do it," and I'm like. And the quote I have here is like, what, he, he stayed clean for three hours or three days? Or like, that's not really, that could have been solved with, you know, a simple title card that said six months later, you know, that would have been a feat. But it's like, yeah. he still looked the same. So I'm not sure how it happens. But, uh, but and the, the one thing, the last note I have here, unless there's anything that you want to touch base on, is like, I could have sworn both six and Dakota got wounded in that shootout, but neither one of them are shown to have any bullet wounds or any injuries from their bullet wounds. But I'm pretty sure they each took a bullet during that shootout. Yeah, because point there's a point where it seemed like Six actually like got taken out, but he's not. And then at the end, he's just totally fine. So yeah. it makes no sense. <laughs> 
that's the thing is uh, I think this movie could be summed up in two sentences. One, it makes no sense. Two, it's amazing to watch. You know, it's fun to watch, but it, I could watch this movie time and time again and not make m- any more sense out of it than the previous viewing. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a weird movie for us to do for the, this time because I wanted to pick it. I was going to do it on my own, but then you you generously offered your time to to help me out and do one of these. I was going to do it as a solo review because it's just a hard movie to find. I do have it on VHS. Uh, there is a, uh, a Blu-ray, I believe, that is a little harder to find. I think you can get it on DVD for like eight or nine bucks. The 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 VHS is like seven or eight dollars if you go look up, looking for it on uh, you know Amazon or whatnot. But you know it's it's not streaming anywhere. It, it is on YouTube for those of you who want to peruse the YouTubes and and watch it. But you can get it for you know eight or nine dollars Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it, it, but it's it's just a little hard to find. They, they don't have many copies of it, so I mean, it might not be so rare. But it's it, it, well, I'm, no, I'm, I messed up. It may be rare, but it's not so rare that it's going to break your bank to try to, to you know to buy a copy of it. Exactly. But that being said, unless you have anything else to add, I think we can probably get into our final thoughts and ratings on this. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you, you know how we do things around here. Uh, final thoughts and rating on a scale from 1 to 10. Yeah, it's crazy. I uh, I think I'm just going to be pr- kind of summarizing a lot of what I've already said. You know, it's uh, this movie's kind of significant to me and Pune's career because it was sort of the start of, you know, these kind of like the all these movies he had released through Studio S. And... Uh, it was a strange period of really low budget action things and uh, they got great distribution. You know, they got seen by a lot of people and this one to his credit, it has a really good cast. Like you, like we said, Bert's really good in it. I don't, I don't think Rob Lowe is that great in it. And I, I don't know why that is because Rob Lowe is a really good actor. So I just, maybe the, it was just maybe the way the character was written. I don't know, but Maybe it was just something that wasn't in his wheelhouse, you know. So I mean, it it it's got it's got a really great cast though. Van Peebles is great. Tom Matthews is great. You know, in his brief moments, uh, you know, uh, the King Norbert Weiser <laughs> is always great. You know, uh, he I has see- a unique look in this movie. I will have to say, the mullet was he was rocking that mullet. I mean, everyone's really good, and like we said, it's it's a very artistic, well-made movie. I think just from a from a filmmaking standpoint, I think it needed some sharper editing because it, like there are things that don't really things being reiterated that seem like it's already known knowledge or shit happening, and you don't really understand what happened or who did what. Those those shouldn't be things you have to question as a viewer. I don't think, but like I said though. Unless maybe that was the intent and you wanted it to be all kind of like weird. And because this movie has a very, very dreamlike sort of vibe to it. And it might be the colors. I don't know. But it's it's very pretty and artistic. So even when it's not exciting, it's still very watchable. Um, exactly. I, I, I don't I don't love it, but I don't hate it. 
I just think it's very middle of the road. It's like I said, it's from a period of pune output that just never was my forte personally. Um, Cause a lot of the stuff that he had coming out in the mid late nineties, it, it wasn't necessarily stuff that was in, in my wheelhouse. So I, I would watch it. I, I was saying I'll watch anything once, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to watching anything. So I, I watched all this stuff when it came out because I worked in the video stores at the time. So I got to watch all of it for free happily, you know? So, uh, lucky. Yeah. But you know, I didn't, like I said, I, I, it's not something I, I loved though, but I don't hate it. It's, it's very middle of the road for me. I mean, for me, I, I'm going to give it a middle of the road rating. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. Exact same rating I had written at the top of my notes. It's a five. Cause yeah. I always say anything under a five, I can't rightfully recommend anybody, but I still feel like for fans of film, if people want to see an interesting film. I would yeah. recommend this movie. It's good for the performances. It's good for the cinematography. There's some great acting in it. Like, like we already said, Norbert Weister's greatness two scenes that he's in Burt Reynolds is just chewing up scenery acting his ass off. Uh, Ice T is great for as little as he's utilized. Mario Van Peebles is pretty much uh, besides Burt Reynolds is the MVP here because he's played such a quirky character. All his dialogue with his little uh, poodle or his little, uh, sorry, uh, Chihuahua is uh, just gold. It's all gold. And like I just said, earlier a couple times it felt like it was ad lib but you know again i'm not mad at it for it it's not a great movie but it is a good movie it's just could have it suffers from some weird editing choices and some really weird uh you know just kind of dreamlike things that just you never quite know like is this supposed to be reality or is this a fever dream but you know then again it's about a guy called crazy six that's a drug addict so maybe that was the intent was to you know, make us feel like we were on edge. And if that was the intent, then hey, maybe it deserves a six, actually. You know? <laughs> but I'll stick with my five. Yeah. I'll stick with my five. It's not it's not part of the the Pune library that I love, but I still like it. I can't I can't say I love it, but I definitely like it. It's a fun movie to watch. Uh, this is and I have to make note to this is probably I think this is the first time that we've ever actually been exactly on point with a rating, isn't it? You and I? You know, I think you're right. Like right dead on, because I usually rate things a bit on a curve and and I'm a little bit more. uh, I rate a little higher sometimes, I think, than I should. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I think, you know, the only other time that we rated something the same was when we did subspecies one. I believe we both gave it a nine. So this might if it's not the first time, this is only the second time we've ever had a matching rating. Because, yeah, I feel like we don't ever really have matching ratings. And one thing I know I don't normally have done is do, like, the half-point rating. But <laughs> the longer franchise, I'm going to start having to do those. <laughs> Got to do, like, this might even get to be, this is 7.25. Yeah. <laughs> but this this is, like I said, yeah, I think this is a very middle-of-the-road one. It's, it's, it's not super great, but it's not bad either. It's just, it's just very middling so yeah it's very middling yeah that's a good way of putting it it's very middling but it's still it's one of the ones i thought stood out just from a creative standpoint for how pretty it looks how well it's lit 
how well it's shot, you know, it's, and, and it's got, you know, again, some great performances. So I thought that was the one that definitely deserved to be covered. It's definitely very watchable. So, I mean, it's, if, if you like Pune's stuff, it's definitely worth a look because there's, there's a lot and like nothing at the same time going on. I feel like, so, you know, people, people should watch it. Cause I, I feel like this is one that could get a lot of varying perspectives. That's, so, that's fair. That's very yeah. fair. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely one that, you know, don't take our five as a, as a knock to not watch it. Cause I think there, someone else might see something there that I don't. You know, or that you don't. So, you know. Yeah, and if we all if we all like the same things and gave things the things the same rating, there'd only be one kind of movie. And how fucking boring would that be? Exactly. And I don't want to have to sit around and just watch Star Wars movies all day long. I'd kill some. Well, I wouldn't mind watching Star Wars movies all day long, but after a day, I'd be done with it. I had to watch nothing but Star Wars or like Marvel movies or something. I'd probably start cutting myself. <laughs> oh, don't do that, sir. Don't do that. We won't we won't make you do that. <laughs> yeah. Like so um, Yeah, that'd be me if I had to watch any of the new Disney Plus Marvel shows, man. I just I'd be like Yeah, yeah. No, let, let's let you know, as like I always like to say, let's just not and say we did, right? Oh, I loved them there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I I recommend them all. Go watch them. Yeah, what you watch them so we don't have to, folks. <laughs> Once. <laughs> With that being said, I think we'll stick a pin in this one for the afternoon. Uh, this will either be the last episode that airs, depending on how fastly I get. How dedicated I want to get with these uh, these last two episodes. But that being said, uh, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to do the show. I know we had already done uh, a much more superior film and a much more likable film arcade. But I still uh, thank you for taking one of these, uh, you know, taking the time to do one of the, more of these shows. Oh, yeah. I'm always down to talk talk movies and especially like for for filmmakers like this. You know, uh, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Unfortunately, Albert's not with us, but like and people don't like to give credit where credit's due until sometimes people are gone. But looking at a movie like this, I might say it's a middling movie, but it's very artistic because at the end of the day, I said it before and I'll say it again. Albert Pune was a fucking visionary. He he was and an aesthetic and he was an. He was a very capable and fucking artistic filmmaker. So I am always more than happy to come back and talk about anything this man has done, even if it's stuff that's quote unquote not in my wheelhouse. Well, I'm glad I could get you to do one that wasn't in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yep, definitely. But I, I agree with everything you, you said. He was a visionary. He was a maverick filmmaker. He, he And he was a man that loved film. He loved he loved film and movies, so uh, you know how can you not admire him? I know some people unrightfully always say he was a modern day Ed Wood, which I I kind of poop all over that theory. He was a much more uh, capable filmmaker than Ed Wood on any level, and I like Ed Wood. I like them for being absurd films that they are. But the, that comparison is, I think, very unwarranted. I loved Albert. I loved uh, the fact that I got to meet him many years ago. And 
he treated me with respect. So hey, he's got he's definitely got my respect. And I'll leave it at that. But uh, that being said, we'll stick a pin in this one for the evening. And folks, uh, thank you uh, for listening and showing us your patronage as always. And this has been Cinema Degenerations Albert Pune Appreciation Month, and we have been dissecting and reviewing Crazy Six from 1997. Thanks for listening, folks. Have fun, Texas. <laughs>